Good afternoon, Patriots. For some of you, it's morning, so good morning to you. Good day, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining me this afternoon or morning or night, uh, whatever it is from wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you so much for being here. Please take two seconds to share this video. I am going to have a very special guest on with me shortly. I'm going to give you guys your daily news uh, updates and then we're going to bring Victor on so he can kind of talk about the border situation. Um, he actually visited the border, so I want him to give us a little insight into what he saw when he was there, um, as well as how he feels about things moving forward. So, hello, everybody. Thank you so much. If you are just tuning in, please take two seconds to share this video, as well as hitting the hearts and likes so we can break the algorithm and get as many people on here as possible. We're going to have a really good show today, so I want to make sure we get as many viewers as we can. We will be starting the day with jokes because you know me. That's what we do. We start the day with jokes because the news just is not that funny, right? Kay says I'm frozen. Well, I hope that's not true. <laughs> thank you for the hashtag Make America Think Again, and thank you for the hashtag Strength in Numbers. You guys are awesome. I love you all. Thank you, Donna. How is everybody doing? It is Friday, right? That's something to be excited about. Thank you, Glenda. I appreciate that. We love our job for sure. Happy Good Friday. Thank you so much. All right, guys, let's get into our jokes. Who's ready? <laughs> They're really bad, as usual. <laughs> I know, I'm already laughing. Okay, you ready? Here's the first one. I have a fear of speed bumps but I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> Victor's laughing, so I know it's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's so cheesy, but that's what I do. You guys expect that from me. <laughs> so this one says, my wife told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo, so I had to put my foot down. <laughs> oh, I know I crack myself up, right? How about this one? When life gives you melons, you're dyslexic. You're dyslexic. <laughs> it's supposed to give you lemons, not melons. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. You're so funny. I love that you laugh at me, even though my jokes are terrible. All right, let's get into this because I want to get... <laughs> Michael says, ugh, dad jokes. <laughs> All right, I want to get Victor on here. So let's get started with the news. So Hunter Biden admitted during a CBS News interview that aired in part on Friday morning that the laptop at the center of a scandal could be his before promoting a debunked conspiracy theory that Russian intelligence could be behind it. Hmm. Okay, Hunter. So, you know, a good majority of this this uh, news is border news, which I would like to discuss when Victor's on here. Okay. The White House on Thursday defended Joe Biden's inaccurate critique of Georgia's newly passed election reform law because Biden keeps claiming that the law requires polls to close at 5 p.m., but it doesn't. But he keeps saying that and nobody's calling him out on it. So I'm calling him out on it. Joe, you're wrong. More border news. Okay, Republican legislators in Kansas ended the state's mask mandate on Thursday, effectively blocking an executive order from Democratic Kansas Governor Laura Kelly that would have kept it in place. Good job, Kansas. I'm so proud of you, my home state, for once you did something that I like. 
CDC admits that it does not know if vaccinated people spread the virus and it walks back its own director's claim that data shows they don't carry COVID. Hmm. Right. Oh, this is a good one. For months, New York legislators have been pushing for the release of criminals held in the state's justice system. In April 2020, it was reported that New York City police have arrested again dozens of inmates released from jail over this coronavirus, and that at least 50 of the 1,500 inmates released from lockup over concerns that the virus could spread quickly were within jail, within a jail have been rearrested. You don't say. Let's release them, but then they're going to get rearrested. Yeah. Joe Biden's first speech to a joint session of Congress is still not set. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Thursday. Have a feeling that's never going to happen. All right, so we got through that. Now we're going to bring Victor on, and I'm going to read our border news updates and see what he has to say about this. Victor, thank you so much for being here. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate it. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. This is important to to get this information out and uh, and really get out the truth of what's going on at our border. Absolutely. So one of these news updates says, um, overwhelmed by the number of migrants surging across the southern border, the Biden administration has enacted what some are calling a catch and bus policy, daily transporting scores of migrants to various locations within the U.S. where they can pursue more permanent legal status. Let's start there. Um, perfect, perfect uh, segue into what I actually witnessed. And I was in the at the border this week. Uh, spent a couple of days in uh, McAllen, Mission, Donna, Texas, where the big facility that, that you see on the news. I was there. Um, and let's talk about the transportation of these individuals. I myself witnessed 400 plus individuals be bused from the, bo from the border, from the river, to not a facility, not to the Donna facility, not to any other detention facility, but straight to the bus station in McAllen. These uh, uh, migrants were uh, women, children, men, um, a lot of them, everyone with it, almost all of them with a child. Uh, I took some video of one and they were not DNA tested. They were not, there was no criminal check backgrounds. There were no vetting of these individuals from Border Patrol because they have no consulates to, to talk to because the consulates have for, um, for all intents and, intents and purposes not been there on purpose to at least uh, provide birth certificates or some kind of vetting on the identities of these individuals because what was happening is a lot of the a lot of 19 20 21 year olds are claiming to be 17 right um and so you know and and, and they're letting him letting them in as 17 year olds and then they're, now they're considered unaccompanied minors just like a six-year-old uh, but we know a 17-year-old is basically an adult, and uh, a lot of these individuals have ties with organized crime, the cartels, and gang members. But I saw them release, even while I was down there with the border agents, I was still under the impression that they were going to, you know, they were boarding this bus to go to the Donna facility or one of these. And I was absolutely shocked when they said, oh, no, they're going straight to the bus station. So I go down to the bus station. They get there. They, there's a big tent set up across the street from the bus station in McAllen, Texas. And that's where FEMA has set up these tents to do COVID testing. 
So these individuals go in there, they get COVID tested. If they test positive, then they're sent to hotel rooms to, you know, quarantine for a certain amount of time. But when I pose the question is uh, if the parent test or the parent, you know, I'm assuming their parents, a lot of these, we don't know if their parents or not. We don't know if, the, if these kids belong to these adults that are bringing them because we don't, we don't know we have no DNA testing. Um, but if they, the adult tests positive and the child tests negative, what do they do there? Do they separate the child? Right. Let them quarantine them together. Uh, they were not willing to answer that question for me. Um, but then, uh, they, once they're done with the testing, they walk across the street to this place called Catholic charities. It's an NGO that I actually was granted access to go inside. And this is, um, it, it was highly organized by the way. There is a, basically a store, if you will, in a, in a kind of a bar area where there's a store of toiletries and they line up and they all get a shampoo, toiletries, uh, toothpaste, all that in a bag, and then they get in line for a meal, they get to use the restrooms. And then this is the part that I also didn't get a lot of clarity. They wait for money from, they continue to say they're family members, which I do not believe in, in my personal opinion, but they receive money from somewhere, someone to then buy a bus ticket, either they're at the bus station, which is right next, right in front or an airline ticket. And I saw them as I boarded myself on my air airplane to fly back home, they're allowed to board uh, airplanes and, and buses without an identification, which I couldn't do. Uh, I had to show my ID and my boarding pass to, to gain access to the, to board the airplane, but these uh, illegal aliens are not. And so this, the, the, everything is upside down and backwards. And you're going to hear me say uh, this a lot because it seems like uh, at one point I felt like I was in the twilight zone down there. It did yeah. not right. This is, and, and I'll talk more in depth about the complacency of that, that I saw there. But anyway, these, um, I even talked to the border agent at the airport and said, wait a minute, who's authorizing them to board an airplane without an identification? When's the last time you were able to do that? And, um, uh, he says, we give them a 213, which is a form that, that the alien provides information or whoever that adult is with that. A, that young minor and it's a name, some information, and that's it. They're treating that as an identification. Um, there's no vetting of that information. And then they're on the plane to Indiana, to New Jersey, to Maryland. A lot of the group, the, the individuals that I saw down there were headed to the Northeast part of the, of the country. And, um, so that's, that's the buses and the transportation right there. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I just, <laughs> But it's not a crisis, Victor. It They're assuring beyond. us. <laughs> this is beyond, yes, it is. beyond a crisis, a disaster. I, in my, uh, my, all my entire career, had never seen anything quite like this. And let me tell you, the Border, the border Patrol agents are on edge. They are, besides being overwhelmed with the work, they are um, unable to do their jobs. They haven't patrolled. The, by the way, the area where I was at, the levee, the, the river is about two miles from where you would turn yourself in as a migrant to the Border Patrol agents. So you see them, you've seen these videos of them walking on these kind of dirt roads. Uh, there's a bunch of these roads that lead from the different areas of the river that just, but it's two miles and it's a lot of brush. A lot of them get lost there. 
a lot of them start dehydrating, a lot of issues there. So they started putting up signs and arrows to usher them to the right direction, uh, straight to the border patrol agents, which uh, in my mind, I was standing there and thinking, what are we doing? This is right. not America. This is the, come on in here, go this way, go that way. This is not, there's no enforcement of our immigration laws right now. That's one of the biggest frustrations that the border agents have is that they're not able to detect and detain, interdict, which is their number one, uh, you know, job duty to do. They are caretakers, they're transporters. I call them MAs, medical assistants. They're, yeah. uh, by the way, these individuals are showing up with lice, tuberculosis, measles, forget COVID, a lot of other issues because they've never been vaccinated. Stuff that we have, you know, we take for granted here because we've been vaccinated as children. Um, right. Illnesses that we haven't seen and viruses that we haven't seen in a long time, they have them and they're coming in with those and we're just allowing them to come into their country. So I want to talk a little, a little bit later on about the sustainability and what, what it is to come in these towns near you. So I do want to ask you one question with that. Um, in reading your book, which I finished and it's amazing, um, you talk about how uh, there's there's not enough border patrol. Like it's hard to keep enough people just employed um, for border security. So I is that still the case? I mean, Great. are they still low on staff and, and they're having to deal with this? Yes. And uh, that's a great question, Kelly, because... This is what I just heard yesterday. There are they are hiring, um, and this is just a, a series, 1801s. It's not a border patrol agent. It's a an official that they want that they're hiring right now and putting them through the to the training process to be trained to process these uh, uh, illegal aliens at the at the centers to alleviate the border agents to have them go back and patrol the the border. This is what is a little confusing to me. If we are going to have these new individuals that are just going to be, you know, take the place of what the agents are doing now and the caretakers and have them process uh, uh, these individuals, are we going to have the border agents then allowed to exercise and enforce the law? Or is the Biden administration not going to allow that? Uh, a point that I saw there and a friend of mine brought it up to me and said, listen, um, don't you guys, didn't you guys take an oath uh, to uphold the Constitution? I said, absolutely, you're correct. And um, uh, so another thing that I want to look at is why the border agents have a duty. They took an oath to uphold the Constitution and defend our homeland. And the Biden administration is not allowing them to do that. I want to see if, in fact, the border agents through the big the chiefs of police, the chiefs of every sector will get together and say, we're going to we're going to do it no matter what the Biden administration is, because we would be violating our own constitution by not upholding or our own oath by not upholding and uh, enforcing the law. So uh, that's one thing that's happening with the hiring. I, I mentioned that in my book because uh, we need, uh, I mentioned a surge there. I think that we need a surge of not just border agents, ICE agents, and maybe even uh, military resources down at the border uh, to secure the border. And, and, and it would be done Pretty, pretty easy. You saw 25,000 of them go up immediately uh, through the inauguration. We can right. put them down at the border and, and really seal the border. And this would end in a matter of days. It mm -hmm. would end 
And but but the Biden administration doesn't want to do that. Uh, we would not only stop the illegal immigration, but all the other illegal activity, the drugs and the trafficking. Uh, these cartels are, are having a field day. They know mm-hmm. that these border agents are being overwhelmed, you know, and being um, distracted with and taking all the time is taken up by the migrants. So the border is even wider open and even more accessible to them to smuggle. But get this, Kate. The, initially, there had been uh, a lot of these uh, young adults. I'm talking about the 20, 21 to 25-year-old males coming in with the family units. And all of a sudden, I didn't see a lot of that when I was down there. And I asked the agents, where are these individuals? They're like, well, the cartels themselves are vetting these individuals if they have criminal histories, if they, in fact, are, are cartel members or gang members, they don't want to send them with the family units anymore. They don't want to alert Border Patrol and have them find out about these individuals. So they are being smuggled separately into the country, which is very dangerous. Um, but I can't believe that the cartels are actually doing the vetting kind of for us. The problem is they're, they're sneaking them in. And into our country for us not to know where they're heading and where they're going to end up. And a lot of these individuals do have those ties to criminal organizations that they're going to continue to work for their cartels when they get to their to the towns in our in our in our, in our towns, in our communities. So I've got another piece of news here that says the Biden administration is requesting that unrelated bureaucrats deploy to the southern border to help with an influx of unaccompanied minors and holding facilities. Uh, Human Resources Encouraged Environmental Protection Agency employees to take a leave of absence from their position and to volunteer as field specialists at the southern border. So he's not talking about helping secure it. He's talking about making sure we have enough people to take care of these kids. Another thing, uh, a great segue to what I saw, they are building at the Donna Center, which everybody's very familiar with, with the kids in the foil blankets and all that. They are building two to three times the, the amount of tents and holding facilities, huge, huge facilities that are under construction right now. And my first thought is this is not the solution is to continue to build more, more tents and more camps or refugee camps or whatever you want to call them. This is not the Middle East. Uh, we're already sending them to military camp uh, bases. Uh, we're mm-hmm. sending them to convention centers in Dallas and San Diego and Houston. That's not the answer. Uh, th- what you just mentioned in that news article is not the to take care of them, come in and take care of them. We need to shift the burden back to the countries and say, before they even get here and say, take care of these individuals in your country before they get here, what we need is a surge of enforcement, not of more processors and caretakers. Yeah, like we had with Donald Trump. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see what else I have here. Um, more than 16,000 illegal immigrants have been referred to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and 598 criminals have been arrested by the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, troopers as a part of Operation Lone Star, which was launched by Governor Craig Abbott on Thursday to combat the border crisis. So at least we know that Texas is trying to do something about it, but um, I just, we're very outmanned right now. This is a lot of yeah. people. I saw a heavy, heavy presence of the uh, Texas DPS, Texas Department of Public Safety on their airboats, uh, uh, heavily armed, heavily, fully equipped uh, troopers. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of them rescuing the six month old child that was, you know, thrown into the river by the cartels. We've all seen possibly the video of the two young children uh, dropped from the from the wall on the other yes. side. Um, this is going to continue to happen. By the way, while I was there, a body showed up, a drowned individual was there and I was you know, asked to move away. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't find out it was a male or female, but it was an adult individual that drowned and washed up. They call them a floater. Um, but this is going to continue to happen. We're going to continue to have uh, drownings. We already had the nine-year-old girl drown. It, you know, these are unnecessary deaths. You know, I, um, I'm a compassionate guy, and I don't. It's, it's, it's very disheartening to see these children and these individuals come through these conditions. The cartels treat them as a worse than a product. They treat them yeah. as a commodity of money. That's all they see. They're charging them about thirty-five hundred or four thousand dollars a head. And then I learned this an additional $400 just to get on the raft. So you won't have to wade the river, you, another $400 to actually get on the raft to get, you know, put across. And so they're just being exploited. And I see the Biden administration as a, a aid in the betting, this exploitation of these individuals. Um, there's, you know, you, you can't put a lot of blame on the actual individuals because they're, they're trying to come here because we opened the door for them, right? We need to let them know that the door's closed that you need to deal with your government and, and, and your situation as harsh as that is um, because we're going to see the ripple effect that's going to happen, Kaylee, and the sustainability that we do not have. We've already seen it in our border towns where they're uh, overwhelmed with absorbing all these women and children and men. Wait until they come to your town. And what are we going to do? What do you expect for a 16-year-old to do that... Is he just supposed to show up in the high school and all of a sudden assimilate? The Border Patrol agents are telling me that a, a vast majority of them do not know how to read and write in Spanish. So how do we expect for them to all of a sudden be all fine and dandy and show up and be a member of our society and of our community? I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. There's going to be more crime. There's going to be a burden on our education system and our schools. There's going to be a burden on our police and fire. There's going to be a burden on our healthcare systems. It's going to be overwhelming to those communities all over the U.S. because they need services. You have to do something with these individuals. Um, one thing is, are they going to assimilate? We know that they come from these broken countries where they don't know authority. All they know is the corruption and what they don't have. All of a sudden, they are going to be placed in the situation where they're going to be placed in foster homes and you could only just see and foresee, at least I see it, the big, big problems and issues that we're going to face in, in the coming months, especially as the numbers continue to grow. What do you feel like? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, at this point, I just want to know what to do. Like what, is there anything that we can do? I, I literally made a post on my page and I said, why do we not, why do us Americans not just line this border wall and stop it ourselves? And I don't mean violently. I just mean, make it, make our presence known yeah. because this is, we can't just keep allowing it to happen. And we know um, just based on what we're seeing that our administration is not doing anything to stop it. They're not interested in stopping it. Um, they don't consider it a crisis. They think that it's okay. So what do we do? I felt <laughs> What you're feeling of hopelessness, as I stood down there by the river, I felt sad. I felt hopeless. 
I felt frankly embarrassed um, yeah. of what was going on. I, I, I just cannot uh, tell you in words how disheartening it is to see this. This is not America. This is not no. what America was built on. I'm all for legal immigration and for allowing people to come in into this country legally vetted and to uh, to be a, a productive member of our community and societies. Uh, I'm all for that. But this is not what this is. This is a, uh, you know, they use the word, oh, don't you, don't you dare use the word surge or invasion and, and all these political um, a circus. What it is, it's an invasion of our values, an invasion of, uh, invasion of many other things that we're going to face um, the crime. Uh, I met down there with a group and I actually participated in a press conference with angel moms and angel dads. And I'll let your uh, viewers know about the Remembrance Project. If you look that up, the RemembranceProject.org. This is a great organization that still continues to uh, inform people about the uh, U.S. citizens that were affected by uh, the actions of illegal aliens and had their family members killed by illegal aliens. And um, I don't want another U.S. citizen to find out and be proactive until you know, after their, their, their 16 year old gets killed by a drunk driver, illegal alien, that's too right. late. That's too yeah. late. We still, we have a lot of crime con committed by illegal aliens, murders, rapes, robberies, thefts, you name it. But I don't want more U.S. citizens to be victims of crimes because, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, they're, they're leaving their countries because they're crime ridden. We have a lot of crime in our own country. We have yeah. a lot to deal with here that I think we need to deal with it first. And, um, and, and it's not making any sense right now. It, it, it seems like if you're an illegal alien, undocumented person, there are different and better rights for you right now. Uh, bless you. That, that <laughs> any other, that, that, than even us citizens like being allowed to travel without an ID on an airplane, try to do that as a us. Well, citizen. and it makes me sad too, for people who did go through the proper channels, um, they came here legally and maybe some of them are even still waiting in that process. And now there's an open ticket for all of these immigrants. They can just come right that's in. Like that's gotta be deflating for them. Like it's super <laughs> deflating. They've, they've paid the fees. They've done the medical uh, checks. They've done the, the criminal history checks. They've done everything, uh, the applications and they're waiting They're They're probably figuring I might as well go to Mexico and come in. As a, right. as a family unit, and I'll get in right away. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. We can't be promoting illegal immigration uh, versus legal immigration. And that's where this administration has seen it um, just uh, in, in the wrong direction. And, and it affects, there's so many avenues to that uh, with the crime, with the cartels, um, and everything in our infrastructure of, of, of people that you're going to see affecting our communities. And it's and there's no end in sight, unfortunately. And they're thinking that they're saying, you know, over a million people possibly by the end of the year. Yeah, they even said that by maybe even by summer. Yeah, That's because the the, the highest. Uh, by the way, just traditionally, the uh, the influx of illegal immigration and happens right now between uh, April and May are the peak times. Uh, that people come over because it's still not as hot. The weather's still not as hot and they that's when they want to come over. So we are still yet to see 
that that surge of even greater numbers. So you're right, it, we might hit it by by this summer. Uh, but but the numbers that you see coming up even higher now, it's because of the invitation that the Biden administration has, has done, sending uh, the vice president down there on a diplomatic type of, uh, I don't know what, what her role was supposed to be. I thought it was to, supposed to be to take care of the issue, not to, I think she got on the phone with a president somewhere in Central America talking about climate change and, 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 yes. and the core roots of what's happening in their country. That's not, I'm telling you, that's not what's going to solve this issue right now. Um, right. Uh, El Salvador has been in shambles and Guatemala and Honduras for years, decades. Um, and um, that's not, we're not going to solve that. What we can do is take care of ourselves, protect our sovereignty and secure the border. Amen. If only. <laughs> <laughs> really? huh? So Kelly says, how do we find out exactly where these people will end up? Um, you, you won't <laughs> until you'll see them. Um, mm -hmm. I found out, you know, some of them that, that they're, they've been talking to for some reason, the ones that I was, when I was there, they're going to the Northeast part of the country. They're going everywhere. The ones obviously from California are heading California, Denver, uh, the ones in El Paso, you know, central, um, uh, you know, part of our country. And, uh, but these individuals were going to Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Chicago, all the Eastern part, uh, Florida, Eastern part of our country. And, you know, we, by the way, the, the 400 plus that were released there when I was there, no notice to appear, what we call an NTA, not even that they're not even given the proper documentation to seek asylum. Remember all of this, all of this is supposed to be seeking asylum. I did not hear the word asylum once in my whole trip that I was there because they're not even doing that anymore. It's under the premise of asylum, but we know they don't qualify for asylum because they're not being persecuted by the government because of the race, religion, or political affiliation organization. They are here because they want to come here to work and be, and, and for uh, and to escape the harsh conditions that they have in their in their in their country. But the Biden administration is completely ignoring our laws ignoring them. We're, we are not enforcing any laws. They are these individuals that are 2021 providing false statements to our U.S. agents um, that they're 17. That's a prosecutable defense. If you get uh, picked up and you provide a false statement to a U.S. agent, you will be prosecuted for that. But if you're legal, you won't. If you're legal, there's no laws. You're breaking the immigration laws. You're breaking other laws, many other laws that they're breaking that are not being enforced at all. Another the way you send a message is let's start prosecuting some of these individuals. Let's start holding some of these individuals. If you start putting people in uh, in jail instead of a camp uh, and charging them with uh, uh, 8 U.S.C. 1325 illegal entry, that message will go and, and spread like a wildfire down to the rest of the world and saying, wait a minute, what's going on? We're, they're going to put you in jail and then they're going to deport you back uh, to your country. That's the message that we need to send. Because right now, no matter even when President Biden says those words, they're not enough anymore. They, we need actions. Those words, they don't believe them anymore. They're like, we're going we're gonna to take our chances and get in there. We need actions so, so these migrants can see that the actions obviously speak a lot, a lot louder than the words. And those actions get spread throughout the rest of the world and change this uh, magnet of, uh, of invitation that we have right now. 
So what do you think, because you said, um, you know, these agents take an oath to defend our constitution. Um, what do you think would happen if they were to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to start prosecuting, you know, everybody that I come in contact with that's crossing the border illegally. Do you think that would be a matter of them like losing their job or do you think it would be effective? So great, great. I, I love that you pick up on that because that's what I want to do. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm in contact with some, uh, some friends, and I want to bring uh, the 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 sector chiefs. Uh, there's a, apparently about 20 sectors, and these are big sectors. Like you have the the Laredo sector, the Marfa sector, the El Paso sector, all the way Tucson, all the way to the to California. And I want to bring those chiefs, uh, border patrol chiefs, together and have this discussion because. Um, and, and kind of on their own say, listen, uh, there's a there's two phases to this. The Border Patrol agents can start enforcing the laws, but they will still need the backup of the U.S. Attorney's Office because they're the ones that actually prosecute individuals. And the last thing we need is for them to start arresting people. And then the U.S. Attorney's Office is declining prosecution on everybody. Okay. Um, so uh, it would put a lot of pressure to begin with on the Biden administration at every level at the U.S. Attorney's Office uh and, and say listen the border patrol agents are gonna do what they were sworn to do and they're gonna uphold the law and they're gonna start holding these individuals but not holding them to release them in, in a catch and release uh scenario that we're seeing right now they're holding them for prosecution they, they're gonna fill out the prosecution paperwork and charging these individuals for the different crimes besides uh illegal immigration or illegal entry into the country and check everyone um, that is coming in. That's one thing that if they get together and do that, I would love to see the result. And I'm exploring that right now because I think it's it's, it's a, tra a drastic measure that has to be taken right now. I agree completely. I think that's um, definitely a step that has to happen because otherwise I just don't see any clear path out of this. I mean, there's no... Um, Joe Biden says... Oh, they come here because they think I'm a nice guy. Okay. They're not coming here because they think you're a nice guy. They're coming here because you gave them an open invitation. And once they got here, you didn't send them back. You're not prosecuting them. You're not even giving them a paper when they cross through. You're saying, here you go, go to a hotel, stay here, get all the things you need. Here's some money. I mean, there's, we have American citizens that are struggling. So this is a huge issue. Um, and I'm just like you, I, I have a heart. I care about people, sure. but the fact of the matter is that, you know, we have processes for this, you we, know, we we're do, a we very do. giving country. We're a very accepting country, but we have avenues that need to be pursued to get there legally. And what is happening right now is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> it is, it is, uh, Kaylee and the, it is, um, especially when you, when, you, when, when, when I heard that, uh, the uh, President Biden during that um, that press conference, I, I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I was listening. This man has absolutely no clue what is going on. By the way, I want him to go down there. You know, oh, yeah. go down. I want him to see the conditions that I saw. I want him to go down to the levee and I want him to see the brush where these individuals come up and the, the, what they do, what they walk and, and look at the conditions at the camps. I want him to see so he won't pretend that he doesn't know. It almost seems like they're ignoring it. Uh, by not going and that way I don't really know they're just whatever they tell me it's going on and whatever they tell them might not be what I'm telling you and that might not right. be sharing you know the same information um, 
but it, it uh, I don't know if it's if it's political ideology. I don't know if it's beyond that. I don't know if it's still because I hate Trump. It's still because I, I can't put my finger on it. All I know is that it's hurting our our country. This is not this is not the way we were built um, um, as, as a nation of laws, as a nation of immigrants. This is not the way we continue forward with our country. We're going to lose it as we see it. Absolutely. All right, Victor. <laughs> so <laughs> well, much I mean, good news. <laughs> on, good, on Good Friday, I know it's, uh, you know, but I'll continue to, to say it. Um, uh, I'm hopefully planning another trip. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I could get down to El Paso. Uh, that one seems to be a little harder access, but uh, but nevertheless, I'll continue to report. I continue to get my, my sources and my contacts and my colleagues with uh, daily information. Uh, a lot of information happens very fluid. And it's not, uh, it's always not good news, but I'll continue to report it. I know. And that's, it makes it difficult uh, when you're kind of in this line of work because you do want to give everybody the happy, fuzzy news. But we're, what we're trying to do is just give people the truth because that's honestly, true. you flip on the TV and you watch news and they're not going to tell you the truth. So that's, that's the whole goal. So um, I know it wasn't warm and fuzzy news today, you guys, but um, it's very important that you actually understand what's going on with our country because it's going to, it is affecting all of you, even if you don't see it. Um, yeah, it's, it's not getting any better. So no, no. <laughs> um, but if people want to want to follow me and, and keep up with what I, what I post, they could go to agentunderfirebook.com. They could grab a, a copy of the book there, or they could follow me on Instagram at Victor Avila Jr., or Facebook at Victor Avila. There's the book. Uh, Get I it. You'll, you'll go through some emotions uh, with that book. Yes. Um, and uh, but it, it'll give you a, a good broad uh, uh, understanding of not just of me and who I am, and because it's pretty personal. I don't know if you realize that. I, it's it's it very personal. Up. I opened up a lot and, and shared a lot about me and my family, but and obviously what I went through, but also about border security and, and the passion I have. Uh, and the love I have for our country, and I want to keep it uh, keep it safe for all of us. Thank you so much for being here, Victor. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're checking out, and I will see you guys tomorrow afternoon. I hope you guys have a great weekend.